Hey, yo, what's going on? This is Devon Thought, host of For All Matters Podcast. And we have a very special guest today, Emilio Egbar. You've heard him on recent content collabs and everything. Today's going to be a little different. You know, he's got a new show to plug. We're going to talk about that and, you know, try to keep things focused on what's going on with him, what's new, and what's going on with the music business, the entertainment business, the content game. So, yo, what's good with you, Emilio? What's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, man? What's going with you? Chilling, chilling. Different format, like, you know what I mean, than what we used to do when we doing these, but... (laughs) (laughs) Figured we'd just try this this format out for a minute because, you know, I, I heard that you had a new podcast, like, you know, and it just... One of the things that people don't do in this game is, like, return favors, right? And when you had, um... Not enough, I should say. Not enough. That doesn't happen enough. You know, I come from a broadcasting background, like, you know, as you're well aware of, working in radio and all of that. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, like, like, you know what I mean? I would come out with different songs as an artist and different things. And because of what I was talking about content-wise in the song or whatever, DJs couldn't play the song. People I knew, right? And I had a song. Nine minute song, so I can kind of get it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, had a nine- I know exactly the song you're referencing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a nine minute song I put out, right? And it was after um, it was after one of my things that I had going on with a label, and uh, with Interscope, I was kind of mad at them, right? So it was after mm-hmm. I got blacklisted by them, and I made the song. I was like, I'm real proud of it, right? Like you know. And I was asking all of my friends and broadcasting to play it. They're like, man, I can't play it. I can't play it. Like, you know, time went by. A long time went by. First person to ever play it was you. So shout out to you for that. The, <laughs> no doubt, my, man. My five-minute song, The Portrait, finally got played. And then, which kind of helped me get into the content game in general, because then Kawan played it. And one thing led to another. I started doing content like you know the beat goes in for his show the mixtape show and then like you know that led into me being on ngi radio which led me into being with this doing this podcast here so i appreciate all of that man so you know oh no doubt man yo like i definitely appreciated the song you know listening to it and everything because you know in this era you know the last nine minute song or the nine last nine minute plus song i heard was from Joe Budden at the time when he dropped uh, Give Me 10 Minutes. I remember that song, you know, so like a lot of people, you know, they wasn't really familiar with the whole, you know, 10 minute format. So when I first heard it and the fact that you were just spitting, you know, on and on without no pauses, no breaks in between, no hook, no courage, no, no bridge or anything. I'm like, yo, this dude is really going in. So it's like, you know what? It's only right. You know what I mean? And this was at the time when I had, like, you know, a two-hour format with my show. For those who remember Ancient History, the show used to be, you know, two hours. So I was like, you know, I could squeeze that in there. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a dope song, and it's got a message on top of it. You know, how you get, like, the the freestyles where people spin, like, 100 bars, but it'd be about a bunch of bullshit or whatever, right? So, you know, it was something that had a message behind it. So I was like, yo, it was only right that I put this out there. Then, boom, it's been history ever since, man. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, a lot of people don't understand that when you look out for somebody like that, you might forge a professional relationship or friendship that can go forward. Like, you know, and then people can build and 
grow from that kind of thing, man. Especially in this business, and especially in the independent game, man. Mm-hmm. And right, right now, the music business is changing up. So first. I think most people know you from the nonstop radio show. Like, you know, oh, yeah. shout out to that show. That 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 show's long, long running now. How how long you been doing that show now? The nonstop radio show, we actually launched our very first episode June first, 2016. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Cause I remember before even, you know, pushing, you know, the first link. To tweet it out because I was active mostly on Twitter back then. I had Instagram and all that other stuff, but my main way of you know networking with people and putting it out there was via Twitter. So like I remember then, and I just remember like maybe a half hour before the show started, I was so fucking nervous that I actually prayed before the beginning <laughs> of the show. That's how nervous I was. I was like, yo, because like I'm doing it in honor of you know. A close friend of mine that you know I considered family, you know, and I named it after him. The, the show itself is named after a close friend of mine that got murdered, you know, a few years ago. So I wanted to honor him in some kind of way whatsoever. So you know, like we launched it as the nonstop radio show and everything, and it's just like you know, just the the the, the self imposed pressure of wanting to do you know so good, not only for the sake of. You know, my name being stamped on something, but for the sake that his name was being stamped on something to carry his legacy, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it got the response that I felt as though it deserved. So, like, you know, January, not January, June 1st, 2016 was the very first time. And it's just, you know, we just been rocking ever since then. You know, bit of inconsistencies from time to time, you know, because of personal and professional differences and Differences in schedule and stuff that I had to overcome throughout the time, but you know we still here, you know. So it's just been a blessing to be here and still being able to do this for as long as we have and have some sort of longevity in this yeah. situation. As far as you know, like being a online platform for you know independent artists, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The thing I respect most about your platform is you'll have the occasional pioneer, the occasional legend on and give them that format that that spot or whatever but for the most part your platform is a place where independent artists can showcase their talents right and that's something that and it's not it's not no politics that's what was different for me when i sent you the track it was like you know i wasn't sure if it was honestly just to be completely 100 real i come from broadcasting and mm-hmm. I didn't know too much about digital, um, like, you know, shows like that, like, you know, online platforms and everything. I knew about internet radio, of course, but I didn't know, like, the whole digital music platform format and everything. And mm-hmm. I th- actually thought that you worked for FM, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> that's how, like, you know, and because, and, and like, the way that you carried yourself, like, the cadence... And everything i couldn't tell the difference like so and i even had people that worked in fm for years and i let them hear your show and they it was like what station he worked for like what is he in the bronx like you know what i mean they recognized the accent uh-huh. but there was like you know like like harlem like bronx something like that like you know what i mean i'm <laughs> like <laughs> I, I was like no nah, i mean actually this is a like a like an online platform and it was like oh shit. like you know what i mean it, it's, it's it's a place where like you know 
independent artists and I feel like some independent artists don't appreciate a lot of like, you know, platforms like yourself that mm. showcase them. They don't feel they don't know the benefit that you guys are bringing to them. They feel like, you know, a lot of these other what we would call mainstream, even though I don't like using that term, like mainstream platforms and such, they want to get their stuff featured on these mainstream platforms. And they right. get all hyped and everything when that happens, but they don't understand that a lot of times, like you got to start out in a certain place and not to mention these mainstream platforms, they don't really respect the grind of an independent artist. They don't just respect the fact that you make a good song and on the strength of making a good song, then you get played. Like that's what I respect about what you do. Like, you know what I mean? And it was a fresh perspective to see that, based on talent because that's the way it used to be in the business and especially in broadcasting the change fm radio changed a lot but yeah for real yeah that's how it used to be and that's what i respected about your platform man where you could just I appreciate that man. be like you know talented and then actually get a spot on the show and get showcased and everything like that so there's been some people that like you know just over the past few years that i've witnessed that have been on your show and then actually gone places too like you know yeah that's always one of the you know the the most fulfilling moments is when we've had like artists that have been on the show and you know to see them go on to bigger and better things like you know at one point it came to a point where it was like damn like people move on and then they forget about you but this is like you know at the end of the day it's like it's the revolving door like i used to uh you know talk to you about i was like you know what sometimes i feel underappreciated but then it's like you know it's just the it's the revolving door you know at the end of the day you gotta look at you know a platform such as myself as a launch pad for some of these people's careers you know what i'm saying because when i first started the show I had the mindset of the, you know, the old Stretch and Barbido show, you know, how they were significant to a lot of artists out there, you know, and helping them get their start in radio and they became, you know, big time people like Stretch and Barbido, like a lot of people don't understand, like they was, they played a significant part in helping, you know, Wu-Tang get off the ground, you know what I'm saying, because they was one of the first peoples to play, you know, uh, Protect Your Neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that song was like, what, about a good five minutes? And it was no hook or anything like that. And they're just going on. Just a collective bunch of nine MCs just yeah. going in. And they they was the first ones to play that record. So, you know, like, seeing how many people, you know, careers was launched off of a particular platform like that, that's what I had. In, that's the vision that I had in mind when I formed the nonstop radio show. And a funny story to give you, you know, especially to people out there who may not know the back history of the nonstop radio show. See, the name itself, like I said earlier, stems from the fact that I wanted to name something after, you know, my friend that was murdered and everything as a way to honor his legacy and his memory to keep things going because he was a hip hop artist. And he, you know, that was his dream of becoming, you know, big in the in the music business. But the grassroots of the nonstop radio show actually began in 2013 back in Harlem. Um, a friend of mine, me and, you know, a couple of friends of mine collectively, uh, Jeopardy and T-Rock, may he rest in peace. We started Too Much Radio and we had that same concept in mind from wanting to, you know, create a platform not only to showcase the music and stuff that we was putting out, but we also wanted to provide a platform for independent artists because we seen the landscape of the way 
radio was being conducted at that time and it's like I felt like you know the playing field wasn't level enough for independent artists out here that was actually doing something so you know we wanted to form a platform to not only help showcase us but to help showcase other artists as well so like you know we took that mindset and we created a formula and we you know we knocked out like seven episodes you know it was growing a little bit of a buzz but it never really like materialized into anything but I felt as though that was something that I wanted to keep carrying on so like I took ideas from what we had back in them days when we were starting and then you know I took two years to actually plan it from 2013 to 2015 I actually was planning you know on how I want to format a new show and everything and it's just you know at the end 2016 was just you know like working out all the little final points and everything and then just coming up with a song and then when my man's uh, mother gave me the blessing to use his name and everything I was like boom there it is so we could just go ahead and rock with this one and it's grown to the platform it's become you know and then we had that little hiatus we went on for a while because you know like certain situations that was going on personally with me that you know I had to that took precedent over everything else that I had going on and you know we kind of in like get back mode trying to rebuild what was there once before but like you said like we don't want to like shun you know those who have been established and been there before but this this platform is more so for the people that you know are going to be tomorrow stars you know for people that have talent but may not have that outlet to be heard you know like streaming platforms like soundcloud and hawkshare and those ki- those type of platforms can only take you but so far and i feel as though like you know this is a a significant part for people out there. See, a lot of them want to just jump straight to the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is kind of like, you know, the minor leagues somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Like, give you a, a place to get yourself ready for the big boys when you're going to the Hot 97s, the Power 105s, and the Power 99s, and all the other major streams, I mean, stations that's out there. You know, you want to have yourself together because... I've done interviews with people that, you know, it's like, damn, like, why are you even doing this? Because you don't even feel ready doing this. Yeah. So, you know, like, we try to give that platform for people to kind of warm up. And I told people, and you tell people, like, if you do it correctly, it can be beneficial for you if you know how to, you know, strategize with it. You know, and it's like a lot of people tend to overlook that because they think when they step up to the plate for the first time, they're going to hit a home run. That's not always the case. Sometimes you got to use this stuff like here, like to get, your, you know, your bad impact out there and, you know, strategize that big move. And sometimes like you can take like artists like Cardi B who blew up off of, you know, you know, utilizing platforms like this in order to help build up bars and then actually trans, uh, it, it, it carried over to like, you know, other platforms where, you know, she started making appearances on um, Love and Hip Hop. And once she got on Love and Hip Hop, that was able for her to showcase her music even more. And now look where she's at now. And she even says, like, even part of her story and part of her grind back when she was on the come up was actually going to little, you know, small radio shows like this and going to like other platforms where you know the the person may have had like maybe a, a couple of hundred you know in their audience listening weekly or whatever the case may be but she took it and she utilized that to you know the best of her ability and 
it turned into a lucrative career for her. You know what I mean? So like, it's all the way the way you do things. <clears throat> yeah, you have to finesse it. Like, there's a lot of artists that don't understand when you do shows, even like smaller shows or whatever. You can put that in your EPK, and that's. Mm-hmm proof that you've been on radio shows before that you've been getting out there and you can take snippets of the interviews and everything like that and it's part of showcasing yourself as an artist isn't just showcasing your music it's showcasing you it's showcasing the whole package what you can do how confident you are speaking how confident you are like you know just doing any kind of media whatsoever and when a label Mm -hmm. if a big label is an artist goal which i i'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do but in my opinion steer clear of big labels just from my own experience (laughs) you know what i mean just from my own experience but like you know we're in a different day and time than when i started so you know i had no choice but to try to seek a major label when i started and i want to say another important thing about platforms like yourself is it it creates a platform for the artists of tomorrow but it also creates a a platform kind of like i would just like this call it like something like the big three right where Mm -hmm. somebody like me who who missed my opportunity for politics in the game right like you know a lot of people Mm -hmm. who were shunned by the executives in the business and shunned by the politics and everything else we might have signed some bad contracts or whatever and now we're a little older in the game but we have some material that never saw the light of day that's a good place to 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 feel like you've been heard now right so like that's absolutely that's another thing that i felt good about because it's like okay yeah now like you know the portrait that was kind of the cap on my career i would say that was the cap on I had already recorded albums and albums and mixtapes and mixtapes before I ended up making that song. That was kind of like my send off. Right. But I felt like it got heard. Right. And then when that happened, Mm -hmm. I had a few other shows that heard it played on yours and then they played it. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of vindication. Like, yeah. But you know what I mean? (laughs) So there's a lot of people like us that got caught up in bad record deals. We didn't get the credit that we might have felt like we deserved and it opens up a lane for that too so like you know but for the newer artists i would say yeah man you know get on shows like what you have and then be able to finesse it in a way where now you're showcasing yourself especially in these days and times you know it as well as i do you can't just be an artist like you know what I mean? oh yeah definitely you gotta be a you gotta have a niche <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely so you know on top of the radio show that that you got going on what just so people know where's that at like you know time date network that kind of thing oh well for people that want to check out past and present episodes of the non-stop radio show as it's called you can check it out on soundcloud the actual link is soundcloud.com forward slash non-stop dash radio dash show you can follow me on twitter at Nonstop Radio 212 or my personal Twitter at the Emilio Whitebar. So, you know, find links and everything. And also, you can check us out live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the newly relaunched Kawan J Radio Network. And I say relaunched because DJ Kawan had a radio station once before, you know, but he just decided to come back out and relaunch, you know, the network that he has now. So it's now under the umbrella of 
Kawan J Radio. So that's where you can go to check us out live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or you can catch us Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock as well, on Big Shot Radio, which is available on TuneIn. And you can also check us out Saturday afternoons at 12 noon on Miami's TheRadio.com. And that's spelled T H A radio and dot com of course you know so that's where you can check us out word up word up and uh kawan j radio also he's just launched a um platform called kawan j media.com and i actually might be writing some blogs for it soon and everything he already posted mm. that article i recently did so that's going to be a place where i think he said he's going to be posting a lot of the content and a lot of different things associated with um some of the shows that he has on his network which is good because then it showcases like artists artists and also show showcases people like me and you that actually have the shows and everything like that i think there's going to be some original content posted there soon so definitely go and check that out now when i had just recently heard that you have a new podcast out i went and i checked it out and man like you know what i mean it's definitely a good transition from doing the music part where you're like you know an on-air personality to hosting your mm -hmm. own podcast but for those of us who don't know the name of the podcast and everything like that and what it's about like you know just let us know what's going on with it oh yeah um the podcast itself is called emilio's memoirs you know and that's something that i created you know a while ago, but I finally just, you know, aired like the first two episodes because I was going through the notion of trying to figure out exactly what it is that I wanted to name it and what the podcast wanted to be about and everything because, you know, you have a lot of different choices or selections, I should say, for podcast content, you know, and it was like, you know, I wanted to form a podcast myself to give a an additional platform to people so they can actually hear my thoughts and opinions the way I feel about current situations and other events that's happening in and around our communities, not only within the U.S., but also around the world. You know, I wanted to be able to touch and speak on various situations and topics in a sort of like an unbiased kind of setting, you know what I'm saying? Because like on the radio, you can't really talk as much as you would like to about current events, you know, because yeah. people's not there to listen to you get on your soapbox and everything. They more so want to hear you, you know, playing music. They want to hear the new drinks or whatever, what's hot right now and everything. So they don't want to really listen to a whole spill about, you know, current event situations. So, you know, for the people that have been wanting to hear my thoughts on various situations, you know, I've decided to create a platform so that way you have that space to go listen to me, you know, talk about things that I feel as though is important or just things that I just want to, you know, just speak on, you know, like a lot of people, they hear me with you and everything doing collabs and all that stuff like that, but they never really hear me do a podcast or really speak independently on my own and everything. So, you know, I figured like now was the time because, you know, especially with everything that's going on and also just the, the fact that, you know, everybody in their mother nowadays has a podcast. Like, you know, years ago we used to joke like, you know, everybody in their mother want to be rappers now. You know, everybody in their mother want to be podcasters. So, yeah, I figured it was 
as good a time as any to, you know, go ahead and launch this platform now while I had the opportunity rather than just sitting around on the idea, trying to perfect it. And then, you know, before before long, you know, the podcasting, you know, era is a fad and then nobody wants to really pay attention to podcasts. So I figured I'd get in there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good idea for anybody who's an artist, anybody don't matter what genre, don't matter anything, anybody who has a radio show, anybody who's doing anything, I feel like, you know, because people want to, yeah, like like you said, when they're listening to the nonstop radio show, they know you from that, but they don't really know you, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. they feel like they know you from being the on-air personality, but then when they get, they feel like they get to know you when it's a long-form content kind of situation, and then they get to mm-hmm. hear your views and share experiences with you as you go forward like you know what i mean and i think one thing does feed the other like i'm trying to tell a lot of people that nowadays like i'm still working with artists and i'm telling them like you know if you can do a podcast you should do it right now you know what i mean if you can do any kind of content get people to feel like they get to know you i mean that's where we're at right now people really do consume content especially Post reset where we're at right now with the pandemic and everything, I feel like, you know, digital content is at an all time high. So mm-hmm. it's one of them situations where it's one of the best times to launch a podcast, in my opinion. And oh, then, yeah, definitely. And a lot of people like, you know, they want to chase the bag or they feel like they want to chase the bag. And really, it's not a bag. It's 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 a mirage. They feel like they if they get picked up by iHeartMedia or whatever, if their podcast gets picked up by one of them big networks that they actually did something. Let me tell right. you something. You start saying something out of the box a little bit here and there, <laughs> then they gonna kick your ass the fuck off. I mean, but but let's, let's, let's keep it all the way real for the listeners right now. You know, I throw a, little, a couple of facts at you, you know. Yes, podcasting is one of the top five means of making a revenue or an income as of right now as a content creator being a podcast host or a creator of a podcast can make you some money but at the same time it's not going to make you long-term money you know like people you hear people saying oh well what about joe rogan and all that kind of stuff you gotta understand there's different levels to this you know so like Mm -hmm. people that start off in podcasting you know you can understand that a lot of people use podcasts as a way to market their businesses. So that's where you see a lot of the monetization come from, from people that actually do make a living off of their podcasts. It's not because of the podcast itself. It's because of the endorsements. It's because of the other things that they got associated with that podcast that helps land them the money, you know, because like you can load up your podcast on various sites and then we stream those to like, you know, sting like Apple Podcasts and Anchor and Spotify and all these other different platforms. But that doesn't mean that you achieved anything. You can even go, I seen it the other day, I was watching some YouTube videos about podcasting and everything. And the, the guy showed you just how easy it is to get your, your, your podcast on iHeart. So it's not like no like crowning accomplishment to be able to walk around and say, you got your, you know, a podcast that's on iHeart. Okay, good. That. That just means that you got accepted. That doesn't mean that you made anything. You know what I'm saying? There's people that are very successful podcasting without the backing of an iHeart or Spotify or any of those other 
streaming platforms that allow them to be heard. You know, it's just all about how the way you decide to market your approach and how the way your strategy is business-wise going forward to help you get your podcast out there to a point where it can be somewhat lucrative to bring you a couple of dollars on the side, as, you know, in addition to what else you have going on. So it's just all about the way you monetize your content that helps you get there, you know? Yeah, and definitely, you know, just like we used to say, as you just touched on, not everybody is an artist. I just, I hate to be the, I hate to be the dick, man, but not everybody is a podcaster either. Not everybody, yeah, that's true. you know, should be creating <laughs> content. So like, you know, what I would suggest is, you know, try to find your niche, do a few episodes and, and see if that's really what you want to do. See if that's yeah. really what you feel as though that you're good at. See if what you're doing is just copying off of what other people are doing or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like you, what you touched on with Joe Rogan, man, like, you know, Joe Rogan didn't start out on a oh, major, man. uh, you know, Spotify or one of them kind of things. He started out just in his fucking mansion that he had from all the money from Hollywood and UFC. And he was smoking weed and doing all types of nonsense. And I'm not a Joe yeah. Rogan fan. I'm not, you know, it's no slander, but I wasn't a big fan of his podcast to begin with, but he was yeah. just on there fucking around. It just happened to be that his following grew. He didn't, he didn't need Spotify. He was making the Forbes list without Spotify. Then Spotify exactly. paid him a hundred million dollars or whatever, and now he's owned by Spotify. Yeah. There's a and reason why he did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was the and that was a point I was going to bring up. See, everybody wants to be Joe Rogan. I can't understand that because you know, successful hundred million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. So I'm not mad at anybody that want to kind of emulate him. But at the same time, when you emulating somebody else. That takes away from you being who you are. See, people listen to Joe Rogan because he's Joe Rogan. Just like people listen to Joe Biden because he's Joe Biden or anybody yeah. else that starts a podcast. They listen to them not because they're trying to emulate other people. They, they, they're being who they are. They, they Like Mike Tyson, for example. Mike Tyson be on his show smoking weed. He's just showing you who he is when he's not in the ring. He's Mike Tyson. And he's saying he's smoking weed, he's having a conversation about topics that interest him, and that's how his podcast is so popular. You know, people want to be something that they're not. And that's what causes a lot of people where you see this this sort of log jam, not only just in podcasting and content creation, but also in radio shows like what we do, and also in the music business. Everybody wants to copy that blueprint for that person's success instead of carving out your own niche. You know, yeah. so like you, it goes back to what you said earlier. You know, you got to find your own niche. You know, like I watch various podcasts, you know, and a couple of them that I like thus far, you know, and I'm going to give them a plug. You know, you got the Bet David podcast on the, on the Valuetainment channel on YouTube. And you got Earn Your Leisure, which is another podcast that I like to, you know, watch, you know, with uh, Rashad and Troy. And they basically telling, you know, showing people how to, you know, get money and to manage their finances and stuff like that. So, you know, that's a good podcast for a lot of people to watch. And, you know, if they want to learn certain things, but at the same time, see, they got so popular because they found their niche. These people are speaking on things that they are professionals in and they're considered experts in. And the right. information that they're sharing helps people to 
better them, their, themselves like you know life-wise and everything like that so you know especially at a time right now when people aren't working and the stock market is, is the hot commodity right now for people to make money because people aren't working and not able to get out here and get a job and they're looking for other streams of income because they can't go back to work right now and everything so you know these particular podcasts they mean something to people right now because it's helping people to navigate the stock market that never even been in the stock market before or find other ways to get a hustle going so that way they don't have to rely or depend on the nine to five see that's their niche a lot of people fail to realize see joe rogan he came in the podcast and already a rich man from his other endeavors before he started getting in the podcast and all that just translated over because his following came over from that and then uh, uh, throughout the course of time he grew his listeners because he wasn't afraid to ask the dumb question you know what i'm saying what people will consider yeah. the dumb question so you know his podcast grew in significance and he became the number one podcast and i remember before that it was rush limbaugh that had the number one podcast in the world man he rest in peace but you know a lot of these people came over doing what they was doing see if joe rogan was just a person like me you and anybody else that started podcasting he probably wouldn't be as big as he is but people would probably still listen to him for the fact that he is who he is See, a lot of people out there, they don't take that into consideration and they just want to, oh, he's just, he's a successful one right now. He got the number one podcast in the world. I want that Joe Rogan sound. That's what I hear a lot of. So it's like, you know, people got to understand, you just got to find your niche and you got to find what works for you and then grow it from there. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to emulate who else is out there doing whatever, you know? Yeah, and a lot of that Joe Rogan sound, let me just explain it to people. Right now, what Joe Rogan sound like is, damn, I can't say this, I can't say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he didn't run into that problem until he was owned by Spotify. Like you said, uh -huh. he wasn't scared to say the dumb thing, and that's what got... Like, you know, him sitting there smoking weed, talking stupid and all of that. That's what got mm -hmm. the attention to him and everything, right? And then he would be doing all of the tomfoolery and, and all of that with his guessing. But he don't do that now. He can't yeah. do that now because he's owned by Spotify. So everything you loved him for, not me, but he's everyone. He's down now. Yeah, everything that, that made him what he is to get to the bag, now that he's got the bag, he's <laughs> owned. You know what See, I mean? So people out here trying to chase that bag. Yeah, people out here chasing that bag. And once you get it, you got to understand there's a lot of stipulations that come along with it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it goes back to, the you know, with me and my radio show. You know, when I first started out and, you know, the popularity was there, you know, people couldn't tell us, tell the difference between us whether we was uh uh in the in the basement kind of radio show from a, a a big boy radio show so people used to think that we was really a real fm show so like i used to get people filling me offers and of course that came along with the price and i was like no like, even people that was close to me then at that time was saying yo why don't you sell it this that and the third and you know you can sell that off and then you can come back and make another one if you want to I'm like no because the, the pride and ownership means more to me than getting that bag you know if the bag is going to be there it's going to be there so eventually I'll work towards that but at the same time how does that feel to me I'm selling on something that you know is the namesake of a friend of mine that was killed so how does that look at the end of the yeah. day, yeah, it'd be nice to capitalize off of that, but to take something that you own and be able to grow it to an exponential of money 
or whatever the case may be, without any kind of major backing or some kind of financial, you know, support that you're getting from an investor or a sponsor or whatever the case may be. To me, that means more to me than going out there and trying to appease as many people, being a carbon copy of somebody else, hoping to get a bag. And then once I get that bag now, I'm a slave to that contract. So therefore, I can't be the same person I was. I can't do the same thing. Like, look at Drink Champs for instance you know oh, drink man. champs first got started at the beginning drink champs was the shit i remember i used yep. to watch drink champs faithfully and then once they got that that revolt bill no knock on nobody because you know you gotta get your money how you gotta get it but once he got you know signed with revolt and everything like that it's like the the quality of the content kind of went down a little bit so it's like you know it's not the same platform now that it was when it first got started it's not as raw and uncut as it used to be you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And even Nori and, and you know, shout out to Nori, man. I got respect for him. Like, you know, oh, yeah. but Much at the end of the Nori. day, like, you know, the, the, I, I was a little mad at him because he had he had an episode coming out with this rapper named Russ. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's this new age type of rapper. Like, you know what I mean? He's one of them industry plants that came out of nowhere, you know, completely 100 percent backed by industry executives. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not really good at the art form that he's. You like you know whatever like but Nori called him a legend, and I happen to take like offense <laughs> to that because Nori knows better, right? He's from my era. Nori's from my era, man. Like you yeah. know what I mean? I, I remember trying to get a record deal and I was competing with him. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, I know he knows better, right? And he called Russ a legend, and I took offense to it, and I had mentioned it online, right? And then Nori hit me back, which made a whole hundred thousand people hit me back because Nori said something or whatever, like, you know what I mean? But he was like, who are we to say that um, Russ isn't a legend just because we're from a certain era and all of that, man? I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, Nori, I don't agree, man. You know that you don't (laughs) really mean that Russ is some type of legend. He's being politically correct. (laughs) Yeah, you know you don't. But like... You're right. That show was great before it got taken over by Revolt and all of that. And then before you know it, all of the, like, you know, what you love that show for turned into something else. Now he's having people like Russ and everything else. And it was like, nah, man. Then I stopped watching. You know, as a platform, I've had, you know, my share of guests that had, you know, a name. I want to say A-list because they're definitely not A-list anymore. Maybe back in them days, if I would have got, you know, a platform like mine, if I would have got in, say, like a little flip or, you know, Positive K during their heydays or whatever, when their name was really out there, you know, making noise or whatever the case may be, we would have had a whole different dynamic to our show, you know, so I'm not sneezing at the, you know, the quality of guests that I got on my show and everything, but... The, the the fact that, you know, my show is owned solely by me, that means I can bring on whoever I want to. So therefore, if I don't like this particular person, I don't have to have you on my show. So yeah. they, these people are being squeezed into a situation that they may not like a certain situation, but because now they got this bag, they don't want to fuck up their situation because just like as they give it to them, they can also take that shit away. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, they don't want to do nothing to fuck that up. I don't care how successful Joe Rogan is. And not to say nothing bad about him because I'm not hating at all. But I don't care how successful he is without that Spotify deal. Nobody wanted to give up $100 million. So at the end of the day, he's not going to just, oh, I got the money. 
fuck that. I'm just still going to do what I want. Nah, he got to play ball to a certain extent. I know you don't really like that term either, but that's the best way I can describe it for those out there that are listening that don't quite understand what I, exactly what it is that I'm trying to articulate. But you get yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that, like the playing ball thing, because right now I have people that I'm close friends with, man, like DJs that been on the air 35 years, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. Like, you know what I mean? They know the game and everything. Mm-hmm. And now that we're going from the switch from FM over to digital and from like, you know, terrestrial radio to more of a digital platform streaming kind of thing yeah. and all of that. Like, you know what I mean? Now they're bringing their platforms over there. And a lot of people are asking me, okay, so if you know these people and everything like that, why isn't your podcast on their networks? Why isn't your podcast? Why aren't you on some of the, like the people that you know, why aren't you on their networks and everything? Why are you on Kawan J Radio, like, you know, and Odyssey Network and all of that, but not on these platforms and just playing out? Mm-hmm. These are still my peoples, but they told me, like, if you come over here, you got to play ball to a certain extent because they're mm-hmm. still, quote, playing ball. And I'm the reason why I don't do that is because playing ball, especially in the entertainment business, in life in general, but in the entertainment business, the mm-hmm. goalposts are always moving on oh, what yeah, definitely. playing ball means, right? So, like, you know, one minute you think playing ball means this, by the next week, you know, playing ball means that you're, like, you know, covering cat videos on yeah. YouTube, like, you know what I mean? And it's just, it can get that crazy. So, like, you know, I want the creative freedom that I know that I can bring, like, you know, the... You got to be yourself. There's no way that you can be yourself when you're controlled. I'm working with an artist right now and and and, and she's got her own platform and everything. And uh, like, you know, she's had some investment opportunities that came over to her and she's feeling pressured to take them. And I'm trying to give her the advice like, look, man, you got to relax right now and just do what you got to do. Be yourself. That mm-hmm. will bring in the long run. It's more of a patience game, right? Like, Joe Rogan, he could have got that hundred mil. It might have took him a few more years, right? But he mm-hmm. sped the process up by taking the bag. But when you do that, you're sacrificing. So, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, you gotta give up something. Yeah, yeah, and that's where we're at right now. Is is a fucked up part of the business, but See, it's a cold business. A lot of things people also fail to realize, as you know, taking it back to that term business. See, people fail to understand that before Joe Rogan was really a household name in the podcast world, Joe Rogan was in other, you know, you know, things that he had going on. You know, he was doing, you know, UFC and stand-up comedy and stuff like that. So he knows people. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like he just was somebody that came out of nowhere. He had money before all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? He had different ventures that he was a part of so he knows how to operate within the business so i'm pretty sure when spotify came knocking on his door and any other platform that came working on his door i'm pretty sure he was able to sit down and negotiate his worth to an extent where he was able to walk away with that hundred million dollars now see that's the problem right there see you got people out here that's willing to sell out for peanuts thinking that you know it's an opportunity thinking that there's going to be a bigger opportunity in the long run. No, that's where, I, that's where my stance came from in the beginning with the nonstop radio shows because I know the worth of the show. I know the show 
is a pretty good show. I'm not saying that to pat myself on my back or blow smoke up my my own ass, no homo, but at the same, you know, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me throw that back for nobody out there pause. You know, let me say that. <laughs> but, you know, I, at the end of the day, I know the worth of the show. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I don't want people to feel like, you know, this is just something I, I'm just doing this as a hobby. No, I have a vision for it, even though I haven't obtained that vision yet, but things are st- starting to slowly, you know, round themselves out to the way I see things happening. But at the end of the day, it's going to take a little bit longer because I don't have that same financial backing as some other people may have. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people out there, they just want to jump the gun because they see a, they see what they believe is an opportunity and think that's the best opportunity. The next thing you know, boom, you're stuck in a situation where it may take you years to get out of. Like like with record deals, for instance, and you know about that. Like A lot of people jump at the first offer that comes across their table instead of knowing their worth, knowing their value. You know, see, a lot of people feel as though like they just bring a couple of bars or whatever to the table and boom, next thing you know, I got this this... This deal, I'm moving my moms out the hood. I'm getting all these fly cars. I'm taking my my peoples along with me. This, that, and the third. But did you read the fine print? Are you looking at those those obligations you have to fulfill within that contract? See, you put out that one hot album. Now you got an obligation also within your contract stipulations where you got to fulfill the next four albums and if you don't get that next four album if you don't reach that mark in which a lot of artists tend to not do they get stuck in those bad contracts and the next thing you know they put up on the shelf and they can't make another album or whatever the case may be the same thing applies to this like if I give up my freedoms by signing a deal because I want that bigger financial backing then I won't have the freedom to be able to play the independent artists that I play I won't be able to say the things that I say I won't be able to do the things that I do because of the fact that people out there will feel like you know, the people that are I should say my handlers at that point if they, if they don't fit what their agenda is or fit what they want done because they are putting the money behind me then it's, then it's a no go no go no matter how I feel about it you know and that's what we see a lot now with radio today like radio back in the days like that's where we used to run the hair or of the hot shit besides the mixtapes we used to run to the radio so back in those days the radio was significant because we used to hear the radio and then we used to hear the hot shit because this is what we was being told was the hot shit Nowadays, like we hear this shit is not hot, but they're under that stipulation because they're working with, you know, talent agencies and stuff like that. They have the ink on the paper saying that they got to play this regardless of how they feel. And even though they know it's not hot, they still got to play it anyway because they're getting paid to play it. So at the end of the day, that's just the nature of the business. So you just got to know how the way to move and just know your value. Yeah. That's actually a good segue because, um, you know, some of the other things I wanted to talk about before we wrapped it up was, you know, the, the whole content game, radio game, mm-hmm. everything like that is changing in general. One of the media giants, uh, radio giants is iHeart. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling people ever since when I did the beat goes in, I was right ahead of time, way ahead of time and everything like that with my music business predictions and different things like that. It's only because I've had 20 plus years in the game, man, and I can see what's happening. Like, I know how these execs move and I can see what iHeart is trying to do. They have been trying to sell off that sinking ship 
for a long time now mm -hmm. and they're really trying to get it to spotify i know they just did a jv with title and everything me and you was talking about that a little while ago off the record but mm -hmm. like you know what i mean i know they just did the jv thing with them they also did another jv deal with um jonathan glickman glickmania media ridiculous <laughs> name yeah glickmania media <laughs> Yeah, but it's a big, it's a big, um, like, you know, it's a big firm to actually get into the podcasting even deeper. And that's what iHeart's really trying to do. Mm -hmm. They're really, really, really trying to get into that podcast, like, you know, area. And like we were talking about Joe Budden, he's the one who, he's the one who made that possible yeah and i give i give joe budden a lot of bullshit because i don't really fucks with him like that yeah but you gotta as give him his flowers though on that one yeah no i like as an artist i still to this day i get shit for this part too because i think he's probably top five like lyrical artists like in my era like you know what i mean well, whenever I, I would hear I, I, when i would hear him rapping uh -huh. dog i would have to step my bars up like you know what nah, I, mean? I was about to say like no nah, I, I don't disagree with you with that at all because i come from that era too where i heard joe Biden when i was younger and lyrically like a lot of these newer listeners out here the gen z listeners they don't really know too much of joe Biden outside of the joe Biden podcast but back in this time when you and i'm pretty sure even now if you wanted to like he was no slouch on that microphone, man. He was easily top 10 in the era that yeah, I came up You know, he was easily top yeah, 10. Easy. Like, just his wordplay and metaphors that he just had and punchlines is just like, you know, otherworldly. I remember they tried to... I remember a long time ago, I forgot the name of the mixtape, but it was a Joe Budden versus Joel Santana. I'm like, this is not even a fair matchup. Like, I love Joel's it's all not. day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, it's not a fair matchup. Joel's can hold his own, but I'm like, yo... Compared to this man, you know, he would have he would have been better suited at that time. He would have been better suited going against somebody like let me see because back in that time, like I think he would have been better suited going against somebody like Jadakiss at that time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They yeah. wanted to make a, a mixtape versing people back then. You know what I'm saying. But you know, yeah. he was definitely top, easily top ten in his era. Yeah. And a lot of that podcasting that we see going on now, like, you know, people know him from the Joe Budden podcast and everything else. But when he did that Spotify deal, man, he broke the mold oh, yeah, for how somebody can actually get a podcast. And if you follow what he does, see, he's a joker right now. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I don't like about him. He pretends and I know why he does it, but it irritates the shit out of me. He pretends that he doesn't know much about the business now in his content just so he can like you know mm. be jokey joke and and get these other people on his podcast and all of that and everything let me tell you something right now the way that he finessed that spotify deal was genius oh, yeah, and the reason why he, he was able to do that and, and the reason why he was able to do that is because of his knowledge of getting fucked over in the business mm -hmm. I, I peeped it like the second that he was kind of a test subject for a lot of different things in the in, in the music business like you know he was a test subject for that one hit wonder type of shit with mm -hmm. Def Jam and everything you know pump it up and all of that whenever that song gets played he still don't get paid for it you know mm. what I mean? So every NBA game you hear, like that song, pump, pump it yeah. up. In the background. A lot of people like, just know him for that one rocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a shame because that was that was a weak record compared to what, so he's, what he's known for. Yeah. Of. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, but like he, he was a test subject for a lot of different things, including the digital record deal, like mm -hmm. including getting signed. I remember he signed to Amalgam Records and he got fucked over with that deal, too. And like, you know, he he learned from that and then he went on from that. And I think a lot of the reason why he's not rapping now is because there's no money in it. Right. Yeah. And it. If I can just, I can't speak for him, but I, I kind of, I kind of feel it. Like I know that he's been burnt by the music business so many damn times that getting behind that mic is kind of like, you know, it's one of them things that just reminds you of everything you've been through oh, yeah. in the game. And, and yeah, he could probably get behind the mic and still go even at his age. And he could probably now sell more records than he ever did because he's bigger than he ever was when he was a artist, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it just brings you back to that time. Like, you know what I mean? Where you wasn't, that was your dream and that was what you wanted to do. And then when you do it now, like, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like you're receiving fake flowers. Yeah. From it. Like, you know what I mean? Because now you're, you're getting that attention because you were doing content. So it's kind of a catch 22, but he did open up a lot of doors for the podcasting thing. Joe Rogan wouldn't have been able to get into oh, podcasting no. and get that bag. If Joe Budden didn't open up that door with Spotify. Oh yeah, definitely. But, I mean, like, like they're they're not realizing how how much that he he contributed. He contributed, right? And what I was going to say was like, I'm not sure if you may have watched it, but it was um, it was a podcast episode that he did recently, like at the end of 2020, where he was announcing the fact that he was leaving Spotify. Now, how much of that was just you know him getting into character for the sake of the podcast or whatever but he addressed some things that Charlamagne the God has said about him about not knowing how to negotiate his worth and all that stuff he made some very valid points within that argument whether that rant was real or whether or not you know he was telling the truth 100% throughout the whole entire rant but he said some things that pretty much stuck with me and it's like people out there that are chasing this 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 illusion that thinking that being signed to a deal is going to elevate you, and it probably will. You know, I, I've never been in a situation where, you know, like somebody like any real opportunities came my way. Like as, as far as like you know, like a big time deal, like you know, like a Warner deal or a Sony deal or a Spotify deal or anything like that. None of those never came across my platform. You know, only thing that I ever had was like you know, other like. Networks I was looking to get, get me on their uh, network to rip me off or whatever the case may be. But I've had a lot of people come my way. But the thing he said to me that resonated the most with me is the pride of ownership part like that. And he's like, you know, Charlemagne, you work for a corporation. You've been there for however many years. And we just seen it now where he just finally got into a position of partnership with iHeartMedia and all that stuff like that. So the pride of ownership people out there that are signed to contracts and all that stuff, you can't have that same argument with us because we're not speaking the same. We Everything that we do pertaining to our platforms come from out of our pocket. We finance that. You know, so you can't have that same conversation with me if you're financially backed by a corporation or an entity compared to me having that conversation with somebody that knows what I'm going through because at the end of the day, everything is coming or for the strength of their muscle. So at the end of the day, I felt that. What he said, you know? Yeah. And that's something and that sticks also with me. Also, what he did was, it was, it, was, it was perfect because he signed a limited deal at first and he bet on himself. He knew, and it wouldn't have worked 
if he would have failed but he bet on himself mm -hmm. whereas though you know he only had like a two-year deal or something and, and they of course because of the success they wanted to re-up the deal but he didn't re-up the deal he used the system against itself yeah. and i know how he knew how to do that it was because he was ripped off so much by the music business that he was able to finesse that deal he was able to get into a different like compartment of the entertainment business mm -hmm. that was on its way up with the podcasting and he finessed the executives and i know that felt good for him because yeah. it would feel good if i ever did it like you know what i mean like i can kind of <laughs> put myself in his shoes because it would feel good if i ever did that mm -hmm. like you know what i mean because i i would know how to finesse the executives too and i i seen what he did he got the spotify deal he got all of the like you know the accolades from that and then he carried it over into now he owns his own network mm -hmm. right yeah. like, you know what i'm saying so he used the spotify deal to cake up and get that bag to be able to get his own network the the goal was ownership it wasn't to be part of a corporate entity it was ownership mm -hmm. and that's something a lot of us creatives artists content creators whatever that's that's a goal that a lot of us don't obtain. So yeah. shout out to him for being able to do that. I wish that he was less annoying, like a lot of times, like, you know what I mean? With his content, with the stupid ass for doing <laughs> the rest of it. So, I mean, I don't know does. if you watch, watch any recent episodes. Like he, he don't wear the fedora anymore. He kind of, <laughs> he kind of rocks just the snapback, you know, you know, tilted backwards and everything. And, you know, just, you know, he, he's still annoying, but at the same time, like I said, you know, I still fucks with Joe, you know what I mean? Like, I give him his flowers for the things he do. I may not agree with him in every sense of agreeing with him when it comes to various topics and everything like that. His his experience is different from mine. But at the same time, for what he did and was able to, you know, capitalize off of the opportunity that he was given for a longer, a, a long run that he's, you know, aiming for right now, I definitely do applaud him from that you know so definitely shout out to joe biden for that yeah and that brings to the larger discussion with iheart radio and iheart media they're in such bad straits right now mm -hmm. like their whole business model is just falling apart that now they've separated iheart radio from iheart media to the point that so because what happened was their whole net income went down 95% in the fourth quarter. And Bob Pittman and Rich Bressler, who own iHeartMedia, they wasn't going to continue to let that happen because I know what they're trying to do. And you can mark my words on this. iHeartMedia will be sold to a streaming service as that entity. That's why they're trying to build oh, yeah. that up. That's why they've, they've targeted a lot of... Um, urban content creators like that's the word that they use but really they mean black that's that's what they've and and i've noticed a lot of people that i know they're like oh well, yeah look, they got Charlemagne right out in front trying to you know recruit yeah yeah because they know that that's the that's the target demo that makes the most in advertising mm -hmm. money right so they can get the big if they get what they call urban quote podcasting and they can get those time slots in that what they can do from there corporations like mcdonald's like a lot of the um 
the the big money corporations yeah. that you can get ads mostly that are going to be like you know feeding your kids poison and like yeah, you know what i'm saying much. all of the all of, all all of the rich devilish type of corporations they like to have their um their advertising into the urban markets it's that way with urban one too urban one radio i used to work for them mm -hmm. Shout out to Kobe, <laughs> but um, like you know what I mean. <laughs> Used to work. How's that working out for you, Kobe? But at the end of the day, like you know what I'm saying, they um, they couldn't be in a worse place. Like Urban One couldn't be in a worse place right now. They finna go bankrupt, yeah. and and you know iHeart Radio. So you have Radio One, Urban One, and then you have iHeart, and that's pretty much what's left of FM and there's not much left of that because everything is syndicated. But see, it's going to go back to yeah. what you said, you know, your predictions that you made throughout your time doing the beat goes in. You should bring that back, by the way, you know, even if you do like maybe like 20 minutes of just, you know, talking about music business shit. I mean, it's still a lot of knowledge to share and obtain to speak with, with you know, all your experience, but... Yeah, word, I thought about that. Yeah, you know, but... um. Going back to one of your predictions about, you know, FM and the evident fall or the the inevitable fall of FM radio and everything like that. You know, you're starting to see a lot of these stations get digital now. You know, they're starting to do a lot of this crossing over and stuff like that. You know, that's why, you know, I try to, you know, because I, I sit there and I watch things too. I mean, I mean, my, my studies of it is not as deep as yours because you're somebody that's worked in actual broadcasting me this is just all birth from an a thought that became a vision that turned into a plan and just got manifested into what we see now but you somebody that actually been behind the the curtain as far as broadcasting goes so you know how things work out of way things move but me i kind of sit back and from our discussions that we have off record and then also from you know me just paying attention to the landscape of the way things is going right now and everything like they eventually are going to try to come over to the digital realm and try to turn it into the next fm thing but see a lot of people that are here already they're not willing to work together they're not willing to you know listen to ideas that are hope you know, keep them solidified in the place that they are right now before, you know, FM do got the chance to completely transition over the uh, digital, you know, and I, I stress that a lot to a lot of people out there that's listening right now, even anybody that's uh, a platform owner, like, yo, like, listen to some of us that are on the ground that is doing the, these things that helped us obtain a level of success, you know what I'm saying, and implement that into you know what you got going on now because once these people come over you know you know they're gonna bring their listening they're gonna bring their you know their base over with them and the little guys like us eventually we're gonna get squeezed out so if we start putting things in place now then you know they're gonna have a tougher time of it but at the same time like on the independent level man it's just like you know people are reluctant to work together and that's something that always you know has been much of a bother to me like at the earlier days of things I was doing, you know, there was more of a willingness then to work with people because we used to share records and everything. We used to pass things around and yeah. give people word about what side or whatever the case may be. But now, everybody's so pressed to be number one that nobody's really in the, the mindset of bringing each other up. So it's always just, you know, constant competition. But there's some things that can be done right now and that before the switch happens, you know what I mean, that can solidify us but you know it's up to the people to want to do that you know what's your thoughts 
and I can speak on that too because you know at the end of the day what you just said is true the independent platforms that are on the digital space now maybe you own your own network maybe you're a platform that's on another network or what mm -hmm. have you it's really good to build with each other and to make sure that you strengthen each other's platforms don't copy off each other make sure that you strengthen each other's platforms oh, yeah. and build and work together because as much as the myth was that you know power 105 and hot 97 was beefing and all of that i can tell you all of that was a myth straight from the door i can tell you that was a myth because i worked in broadcasting right mm -hmm. like i know all of the ins and outs behind that shit they used to call each other the program directors in the morning and they used to ask who each other was having on as guests and and what songs they would be playing and different other things and they coordinate with each other right mm -hmm. so like what people don't understand about FM and nobody will tell you this nobody right now I have people that I know that are hearing me say this and they're like shut up shut up shut up like you know what I mean and, and it's a lot of people won't tell you this but FM radio like you know what I mean they worked together like mm -hmm. a lot of different radio stations would help each other out as much as we could we were under as creatives like you know if there was a dj that had a certain time slot like you know a program director that had a certain time slot or whatever they were at the just mercy of the station owner mm -hmm. most station owners they had their heads up their ass like you know what i mean like the station owners themselves they were terrible like you know what i mean yeah. in fm the station owners are the problem it wasn't the when you hear the same songs being played all like you know all day every day the same three songs that wasn't the dj's fault like mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily the dj's fault that but they could have spoke up more but they needed their job right yeah. so they could only do but so much the station owners decided to go along with the talent agencies wme now wme img and caa those are the two major talent agencies if you're not part of that that's the secret society of the business mm -hmm. the whole entertainment business right like you know anybody that you know of that's famous it doesn't matter if they're an athlete a talk show host a musician whatever they are they're part of one of those two talent agencies uh -huh. so like you know what i mean we had to we had to sign checks over to them they had to basically like you know they paid for certain time slots and it would be the same three songs here like you know what i'm saying there was nothing that we could do on that note but what we could do was try to call each other, like, you know what I mean? And give each other advice and kind of stick together, right? right? Cause we was all in it. We would all be having a bad station owner all at the same time. So like, you know, I would have to go work at a different station every once in a while. And when I would go over there, I'd be hearing the horror stories of what that station owner is doing over at Power 99, like, you know what I'm saying? Or this or that. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's one of them things where what helped FM stay together as long as it did was the solidarity. Mm -hmm. Even though a lot of people think that the FM stations was constantly beefing, that that's really not what was happening. Like you know what I mean? Because you wouldn't affect each other's local market for the most part, mm -hmm. right? Like now everything is international with the digital thing. Everyone's competition with each other. So the independent platforms might look at it like, well, why would I work with my competition? But you shouldn't really think of it like right. that Because if you have your own niche And then you're not going to be competition with each other The people that are coming over now from FM That I did predict 
on the beat goes in that what happened like right now they're bringing over the same format that they brought over from fm they're bringing the same format over to like you know tune in app and all of that and it's gonna fail it, like you know what yeah. i mean that format is gonna fail eventually and when it does like you could be there still having the quality content like you know they're bringing over there's trying to get the talent agencies to buy in the radio slots over there and to buy blocks and everything else and to get the big name advertisers over there but i mean shit it is what it is dog like at the end of the day if the people don't recognize that they need to bring something different to the game and then what's going to happen is you're going to get boxed out and then if you don't have the patience to sit through it while you getting boxed out by the big corporations and everything and then your platform's gonna fail too. Oh, yeah definitely i always tell people man you gotta be interesting man you you have to have your own niche you have to bring something that somebody else isn't doing oh yeah you know right because like you know it was a couple of plat it was a platform i was on you know years ago and it was like one of the first platforms that i ever linked up with and i remember um i used the strategy that helped them, like, I got set a record for the number of plays that they got. And basically what it was, because, like, my show, like, you know, wasn't censored or anything. And, and, you know, all the music that I got wasn't censored at all. So, like, because, you know, the, show, the, the station itself was primarily a gospel station, they put my show on at midnights because their listenership wasn't that high anyway. So... It felt like, you know, okay, we can play this at this slot because, you know, we're not having to worry about, you know, losing any kind of like, you know, advertising or anything like that because, you know, most, most people aren't tuned in at midnight. So yeah. they put me on that. They put me on that midnight. I'm like, all right, cool. Watch me build this, 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 this particular time slot and watch what happens. So he put me on there and. My show started, you know, getting like, you know, hundreds and stuff like that, like maybe like 100 listeners and then maybe 300. So I'm like, boom, I had a, a episode where I had um, where I had Hellraiser on. I had an interview with him. So I had it set up where I will play because I remember this was when I was coming on every Wednesday at nine o'clock on SoundCloud. I will, you know, release from that point. And, that, and then everything else would just filter out from there. So, like, I will put the show out there. I put a show out, you know, um, at the, the 9 o'clock slot on my SoundCloud. But I was also advertising it on Twitter. And I was telling people, you know, I got Hellraiser from, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Sons of Men and everything, you know, coming on. He's going to be my guest this week. And I had, him, I had him do a little promo drop and everything like that for it, you know, and I was airing that like a month in advance before I decided to actually go ahead and put it out. So I was airing it a month in advance and then I was also promoting it. He was promoting it. And then on top of that, you know, I was, I put like little snippets of the interview throughout various shows that I was doing leading up to that, you know, talking about the, the fact that he had an aneurysm and how was life after Wu-Tang and all that stuff like that and all that stuff. So, it was drawing interest. So now comes twelve o'clock. Boom! The, the the station owner, he's listening to it and he's watching the numbers. And the numbers jump from one hundred to damn near a thousand listens in an hour. And he was like, "Yo," he texts me. He's like, "Yo, you just set a record for the midnight slot." You know what I'm saying? So like, that's what I be telling people out there. Like, yo, like, if you got people 
within your network that is creative or they know how to market certain things. Like, take advantage of that, especially with the way things is turning in this whole digital space. You know, you're going to need some creative people out there, you know, leading the charge for you. You can't just, you know, follow one format and think that it's going to work. You know, you got to always be willing to adjust on the fly your business model because if it's not working and you keep trying to do the same thing, then... That's a form of insanity, doing the same thing, thinking that you're going to get a different result. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, take advantage of it and don't be afraid to work with each other because at the end of the day, you never know, like you're partnering up with somebody or just working with somebody to lead to bigger opportunities for you both. So, you know, you just, you know, that's just my my take on it. What you think? Yeah, and one thing that I want to touch on too to add on to that is a lot of people that are coming over right now to the digital space like you know from the major fm stations and different things like that they they're seeing what people like me people like you are doing and all of that i really have right now people that are just straight up trying to copy my podcast right (laughs) like you know what i mean people that are just straight up trying to copy exactly what i do but like you know a diet woke version of what i'm doing like they can't really do what i do because they have too many advertisers on there so at the end of the day like they're just trying to do like a diet woke version of what i'm doing and it's not coming out right it don't even sound right but like a lot of them like i was having this debate with one of my people's earlier like you know and this dickhead that i used to work with at the station he owns one of these like you know what i mean digital radio stations that came over from fm and he was trying to tell one of my peoples that i used to work with in the business and shit he was saying like you know the key is to stay constant because that's the consistency that people want is to just have it constantly in their face mm-hmm. I could not disagree with that more, man. Like, honestly, because I could not disagree with that. Being constant. Okay, so, like, being consistent and being constant, there's a difference between Mm -hmm. that. Like, you can have a consistency of quality, Right. right? Like, that's what you want. You want... You want people to consistently be interested in what you're doing. And if you're constantly out there, if you want to drop a podcast every day of the week, that's your own prerogative. That's up to you. That's that's what you want to do. Then go ahead. But what that tells the average listener subconsciously, like a lot of people, like to me, it just tells me that you don't care about your own product. But to the people who like are just regular regular type of listeners what it's telling them is subconsciously it's giving them the same message you don't really care about putting out quality you just care about constantly being out so why do i have to tune in every yeah. time that you're dropping something since you're always dropping something why do i have to always tune in then since you're always going to be there i can miss some episodes yeah. right that's like that's like an aspect of the microwave mentality that we see right now you know they think that you got to put out a new song every week or a new song every day you don't need to put out an episode every day you know, like if you, no. like you said, there's a difference in being const, uh, constant and consistent. Like you can be consistent. Like if your schedule is to drop, you know, a episode every week at this particular day and time, that's your, that's your level of consistency. But putting it out there all the time, that kind of waters down the value of your content. So after a while, that doesn't give people an incentive because they're going to keep hearing the same thing over and over eventually. Or they're like, oh, he just came out with this one yesterday and now he's coming out with this one. Like, ah, man, like, it's too much. You know what I'm saying? So, like, at the end of the day, like, you got to 
know how to be consistent, but you also got to know how to do your your thing being constant as well. But being out every day, you know, that's not something that, you know, especially people that are, you know, in the beginning need to focus on. What you need to focus on is just building the quality. So that way it, your, your, your platform can be in demand. Because, like you said, if you just keep throwing out constant episodes after episodes after episode and it's easily accessible, then the value of it is going to go down. So at the end of the day, like if you limit the amount of time that you put out shows and episodes and stuff like that of that nature and make it where it's not as easily accessible, then the value goes up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, I... I try my best to come out every week, but there's even weeks where I miss, mm-hmm. right? And then when you miss a week and then you get hit up by longtime listeners like, yo, did I miss an episode? And then you know that you're doing your job, right? Then you know that, like, you know what I'm saying, that you're in that kind of demand where people really missed by the definition of word miss, like they missed it. They wanted to hear it and it wasn't out that week. And then they were like, oh man, like you didn't stop making it, right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of shit. And then you assure them, nah, man, I'll be back next week. I was just, you know, busy, hectic life, things going on, right? But then at the end of the day, like that's what you want. You want people to miss you, right? You want people to be able to listen to what you got. Every time I do a podcast, I try to make it like of a subject matter. I try to cover something And then I try to do it in my own way. And then I try to dive into a subject as much as I possibly can, dissect it. And then come the next week, I'll do the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? But if I did that every single day, and then people are going to be like, well, I'll miss a few then. You know what I mean? I'll miss a few and then I'll just catch up whenever. And then what ends up happening is they won't catch up eventually. And and then they get distracted. Yeah, they get distracted by easy, more easily accessible mediums that are promoted by, you know, big corporate entities. And then they'll just end up listening to that instead. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to be something where somebody's like, yo, where can I catch that at? Where can I catch that yeah. podcast at? Where can I catch that radio show at? It's the same thing you want to do if, like, you know, you're, you're making music right yeah. now, too. Like, you know. And before we get out of here, I just want to address the creativity with artists, too. Like, you know, you definitely and right now I'm back to dealing with artists again. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm doing what I can trying to help artists get to where they need to be right now. A lot of money is being made in source music with film and TV. So, you know, that's an avenue that a lot of artists don't really know about. And if I were to be doing the beat goes in right now, what I would try to advise artists to do is get in contact with project managers Mm -hmm. or find someone like myself that can get in contact with project managers um, for, you know, movies, TV, film, that kind of thing. And to get your music out there, because even with all the changes that happened with the pandemic and all of that kind of shit it's still there's ways that you can get your music out there and still be independent, but still reach a lot of people and grow your brand and everything. But like, you know, I just stay creative in the process. A lot of people have just accepted the fact that we live in a microwave generation. Like this new generation is just once everything like, you know, one and a half minute songs. They want a new song every other day. Like, you know what I mean? And, what people don't realize me and you was talking about this earlier off off the record but like you know what i mean things do come back in cycles what yeah. you want to do is you don't want to be part of a cycle you want to be ahead 
of the cycle. Exactly. You want to be thinking ahead. Like even with content, I try to do that. I try to think ahead of the curve, right? You don't want to be on the curve. You want to be ahead of it. So like, you know, you want to always be creative with what you're doing. And right now, if you're doing, if you're rapping, especially because there's nothing less valuable than being a rapper right now and that's just the complete you know i would say that yeah. if i was doing the beat goes in you know what i mean you I know mean, i would say real, that though, like there really is no money in the music business right now like people can't go out there and perform people can't go to the studio people can't do these things that they was able to do before you know what i'm saying that even before that the money was starting to dry up so you know the money is definitely not there now so you got to find another avenue you know that's just being real yeah. And anybody out there that says otherwise, then I know you're lying because at the same time, there's been people that have been in the music business and they say the same thing. So I'm not going to sit there and argue with somebody that's been there and experienced it and lived it thinking that they just trying to stop people from getting money. That's just the truth. Like there really is no money in the music business right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and see, before the pandemic, they had already the music business executives have have dried up the lane for hip hop. Right. Yeah. They pretty much took control of that. They made it a genre, not a culture. Yeah. Right. They So, like, you know, they, once they did that and effectively made hip hop a genre as opposed to a culture, yeah. then they were able to control the billboard charts. They were able to control the lanes and the avenues that an artist could do to get to the billboard by rapping. Yeah. Right when we was coming up like you're only a few years younger than me when we was younger like artists they actually had a way to independently get from a to b like you were saying what wu-tang did was exactly that they was local like babito like you know what i mean played them all all of that kind of shit happened and boom boom yeah. boom one thing led to another but before you know it they on every major outlet BT, MCV like you know what I'm doing saying doing fucking shows in Hawaii to like 50 million people you know just exaggeration but right. you know still like large crowds and shit you know yeah and, and and you know that lane was available for rappers at that time you know that's why I was heavily trying to go from being there wasn't an independent scene when I was younger that was the independent mm -hmm. scene was you need to to, to, so, yeah, to I what you gotta you do can, yeah yeah to 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 grow to <laughs> be on a major label like but now the major label thing like you know that's a that's a thing of the past people really i think collectively that's a good thing that this generation understands is that labels equals bad like i think that that for the most part has gotten out there the news about 360 deals and everything like yeah. that and but i think that people misunderstand what being an independent artist means too i think that people really understand they misunderstand what you need to do to still be noticed it doesn't mean that you shun all the different things that wouldn't would get you an opportunity See, with that right? being like, said, like people like especially a lot of these artists now they're more intrigued and fascinated by the appearance of the lifestyle more so than the hard work yeah. that comes along with actually being successful they think go ahead and flash wads of money and hold it up to your ear looking ridiculous and you know, this whole gang gang shit, you know, and and fucking, you know, just portraying a lifestyle. They think that that that's the equivalent to success. They don't really want the real success because they don't want to put the real hard work into doing. It. You know, there are some out there that actually do put the hard work in. But a lot of these like 
a lot of these up and coming rappers, they see what other people are doing. They try to emulate that and they don't realize that there's a lot more to it than just, you know, jumping in front of IG cameras and taking the pic for the gram, holding a couple thousand dollars or whatever the case may be. There's a lot more to it. You know, like that's all cool and everything because we're in the generation now where everything is more about what the, what's appealing to the eye than more so than in the ear and everything so that's okay but at the same time there's a lot more to it if you want that longevity to remain successful you know what I'm saying that's why a lot of these people yes. they don't last that long in the industry they get one high song the next thing you know it they just their memory that one high song is going out the door with them believe it or not little Nas X he's on his way out the door you know people can say contrary yo he's on his way out yeah he's gonna be with uh, Mona Scott yeah. soon because he's he's got some industry debt now, like that's how it is. A lot of people think that because they holding up the money and and they in the cars and all that that that's what they own. They don't own that yeah. money. They borrowed that money. They borrowed that car. And in most cases, in almost <laughs> all cases, these major artists don't even own their own cars. They don't own their own places. The mansions that they got, they're borrowed mansions, right? Like they don't. Their name is not on. The house <laughs> Their name isn't Exactly I remember there was a time Back in 2013 Where you could actually Walk Into a corner store And buy A stack of fake money For $10 You know It used to be a time Where you could yeah. do that And the money looked real And people yeah. used to do that shit All the time So you know Yeah And just Just the idea that Is ridiculous That you there would be A such thing That means that There was a fucking demand mm -hmm. for it you know what I mean like to be fake right fake like you know what I mean and, and that's all that yeah yeah and, and and that's like that has replaced creativity and that's what I want to instill back into the artist these days is like you know be creative in what you're doing because that's going to be what they're going to end up marketing again there will be a market for creativity so if you're creative now and you're not just doing what everybody aside from what everyone else that has never spent a day in the music business will tell you like you know what i mean being creative right now is the best move a lot of people tell you don't do that it don't matter if your song is good or not because that's not what people are doing right now and everything but those people that are saying that have never spent the day in the fucking business they don't know what they're talking mm -hmm. about it's gonna come back around and you want to be that person who has okay so maybe it was a couple years but now you have a catalog of music that you can go back to you have a catalog of different things you can go back to where it's real good creative mm -hmm. music whether you're a singer rapper i don't care if you make rock music whatever you're doing like you know what i mean as an artist and in the meantime if you can put yourself out there as a personality that's even yeah. better like you know what i mean don't just be an artist there's no there's no market for someone who is just an artist now. Like you just said, little Nas X on his way out. Can you imagine if we got to know him a little bit better as opposed to mm -hmm. just now he's the little, like, you know, excuse my language, but the little gay, gay mm -hmm. kid who like came out as gay and now he's stuck to a bad record yeah. deal. Like that's really what, I mean, that's all I know right about now he's him. just a tabloid like, sensation like, you know I mean? pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's a shame, like you know what I mean. And, and there's there's gonna like, and then you got the other dickhead that put the fucking gem in his forehead, like I don't know, uh, yeah, Lil Uzi, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I mean, come on, man, like you know, this is it's hit the point now. They all of the generation of the littles and all of that. I think that they put the pedal to the metal. You can only rev an engine for so long until you burn that engine out, right? 
with that whole like you know microwave mentality like you know shitty music like you know promoting just the worst possible case fastest music you can put out overproduced nonsense they put the pedal to the metal with that far too long that engine if it hasn't burnt out already it's going too soon you want to be ahead of that and then what's going to happen is the label execs are going to act like they're the ones that that are the ones like you know dictating uh-huh. that when really it's the it's the demand it's the demand we've had the bullshit for too long people are going to want the real music yeah. back people are going to want to get to know the artists more and everything like that because you know yeah we might not have had all the media when we right. were younger but I, we felt like we had a good idea of who like you know some of these rappers were because we seen them on the big networks like we seen them in interviews and different things like we felt like we got right. to know them if you update that to now and you you don't need BET or MTV to interview you you can just do what we doing right now get yourself out there like you know make people get to know you and put out some content put out some music like you know what I mean and and, and keep that well, going like and stop fucking with the wrong people well, too like watch well two things that I wanted to say well wanted to highlight basically is that if, if 2020 taught us anything or showed us anything was people are starting to want to hear you know music with the meaning or with the message from everything that was happening yeah. with CV to everything that was happening with, you know, BLM and all these other situations that was going on. People was more so gravitating to music that had a message and a meaning behind it more so than the bullshit. Cause you know, people wasn't in the clubs in 2020. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people was more so opening their ears back up to conscious, more, more so conscious music. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. have seen, like, especially in 2020, some very good projects come of age from that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's one good thing that came out of 2020. And also to touch on a little bit more to what you were saying, like, you know, like, yeah, we do want to get to know the, the the person behind the music, the man, the woman behind the music that we listen to. But... We don't want to hit on and sounding all uneducated and fucking full of themselves either. Like we want to hear people that really have a real genuine story, not the same cliche bullshit. Yeah, I was from the hood, and even though I know a lot of people's yeah. story is that, but like I want to hear something more genuine. I don't want to hear the same shit. I had to get it from the mud, yo. Like my mom's ain't had shit. My daddy wasn't dead. This, that, and the third. Even though, yeah, I'm not down talking or downplaying none of that because a lot of people really do have that same experience and stuff like that. But a lot of people that you're hearing now, it's the same experience. I had no other thing to turn to, so I had to turn to the streets. I wasn't getting no love at home. The cliche shit. You know, yeah. like what makes a lot of these. Get- yeah, we've been we've been hearing yeah. that for decades. like the the, 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 the the stories like Fifty Cent, like these people right there that you know make them unique is because yeah, their stories were pretty much the same, but their their presence, their aura, is what made people gravitate to it once they heard their story. Like we knew for a fact yeah. that everything Fifty Cent was rapping about was something that he has did. And these people that I know that grew up with him that will vouch for that. So at the end of the day, that makes the aura that much more believable. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, we have some of these other people, yeah, that makes them believable because they got people that can actually vouch for that. But you got people like Slim Jesus to just come along and just talk about, yeah, like, my situation is this. Then you catch them on an interview when they actually have to be themselves. And they tell you, oh, that's not me. Like, I just like to rap about it because the shit's cool. You know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Brought up Slim Jesus. It just reminded me of uh, the other day on Twitter with the white rapper thing. Man, people have to stop right now with all of these like you know trendy different fucking things like that. Man, just be yourself. It don't matter if you're white. It don't matter if you're whatever. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't care. But like you know what I mean. If you're marketing yourself, I'm gonna say this right now to all the white MCs. If you're marketing <laughs> yourself as a white MC, if that's what you're marketing yourself as. Do not. It has nothing to do with CV either. Don't get within six feet of me if you don't want to get smacked in your mouth, man. For mm-hmm. real. Like, you know what I mean? Because people like me went to the cross for that. Like, metaphorically, we went to the cross like because I was from the previous generation and they tried to do that shit with me and that's one of the main pinnacle reasons why I never came out was because they kept trying to figure out a way to make me the next white something like first they wanted me to be the next Marshall then they was like oh how about this what if you're the conscious white rapper I'm like how about you just keep stop taking the word white like you know what I mean stop putting that in there like you know what I mean at the end of the day you want I'm an MC right so I just wanted to get taken seriously as an artist the second you start calling yourself the white something like you know what I mean? That that's that's you know. Come on, man. Like you know what I mean? Take the wave cap off. <laughs> Stop being fake. <laughs> Stop being fake. I'll smack that shit off your head. You, you know, I'll smack that shit off your head, man. Get out of here with that. Like, and stop rapping like yeah. Eminem. Like, stop rapping like Eminem. You don't know what got Eminem the way in in the position that he yeah. was in. Like, you know, he came from a very prominent bloodline, and he had a lot of different things that 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 paid out. And for also, him. like, not to be misconstrued by people out there as listening to me, because like I said, I know that there are people. Yes, that come from unfortunate situations. I get that. But at the same time, like, what I'm basically trying to say is I want to hear, you know, I don't want to try to get to know an artist and they sound basically the same as the last artist I listened to an interview. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, be unique in your situation is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, everybody got a story, yes, but everybody's story is different. I don't believe that half of these people out there were really out there with with the stake or with the pole or whatever poles or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't believe that a lot of these people was really out there on the block and doing the things they was doing, no. If you was a fucking nerd and you just happen to know how to rap real good or whatever the case may be, fine. If your story is unique, I'm going to listen to it. But, like, after a while, it's just, like, you just kind of get uninterested in hearing the same cliche ghetto stories all the time. And it's not to knock at anybody that does come from that fucking situation because I come from it too but I don't always sit there and talk about it because that's not something I glorify you know I talk about the things that got me through situations that you know could have been detrimental to me everybody like you said everybody got across the bed so my situation is different from yours we came up in the same circumstances but my situation was different so I want to tell that story. Yep. I want to talk about, you know, trying to sound like everybody else and try to seem like I was the hardest motherfucker out there on the block because I wasn't. That wasn't ever me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Ironically, a lot of the same people that started all of that, like, you know, even before the generation with 50, like the people 
that and I'm not naming names. I could, I'm not going to. That's bad. Um, like you know, that's bad business. I'm not gonna like. I could personally name names right now from people I met when I was letting them up in the radio station and broadcasting and all all of that type of shit. But a lot of these people who claim the street life and all of that from like you know the previous era of rap, they didn't live like that. And if they if, if they didn't at all live like that, because I could tell and I know because I came from the hood, like I could tell you, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean, and, and just seeing how some of them acted and getting the backstories from some of them. A lot of that shit was all yeah. a mirage. But you know what I mean? A lot of people who would just talk that tough talk. Studio like, you know gangsters. What I mean? do all of that. They, exactly. They didn't really live that life. And a lot of them came out and to his credit, Dr. Dre came out, finally admitted that he didn't grow up living mm-hmm. that life. But that was like that, in the that movie actually too. started that gangster. You know, rap. like everybody knew Dr. Dre didn't yeah. grow up like that. He grew up around the situation. But this is what he was forced to be because of the situation he was in. He was with NWA. So he had to portray that situation. You know, yeah. like what a lot of these artists out here, like they have to portray that situation because that's what their 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 like their label or their contract stipulation said that they gotta talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. And right now I feel like the music business is rebooting. Yeah. I said that before in the beginning of the year, last year, 2020, I said it's in a reboot. So we're going to have to be patient to see exactly how this whole thing reshapes and reforms. Right now, the content game is doing the same thing because people act like now podcasts are just now coming out. Podcasts been around damn near 20 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like podcasts been around a long time. They're just now starting. Yeah, they're just now starting to, to to get a little prominence and shit. But at the same time, you you know, there's cycles with everything. Like you know, and it's right now. I don't know how for sure the whole thing of how the music business is gonna reboot. But I do know that when you look around, you just be smart. Look at the different mediums that we still have right now. The phones, the like every screen that you got and all of that. How can you keep yourself on that somehow? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What can you do? to keep yourself in and around something to do with that right like you know that's why i encourage artists to seek out source music and it i'll keep saying i'll keep beating that drum like you know what i mean and, and the artists who end up signing on with me and taking me up on that i'll show and then they get the bag and then they yeah. see the proof like you know what i mean that's a good avenue to get because they can't especially right now these these production companies that are running movies and TV and film, especially independent yeah. movies and such, they can't afford that Beyonce song. They can't afford like all the all the mainstream, like you know, like they can't buy a song off of Interscope or or Universal or something like that or Sony. They can't afford that shit. So like you know, they throw they throw a few stacks to it to an independent artist yeah. and it changes the game. Shout out to like, Tamara you know, Bubble. Yeah, because artist. like you know, I say shout out to her because. I just recently had her on my show and like I for a third time and like from where she was when I first had her to where she is now like she's making her music is making appearances and movies and stuff like that like her recent um, placement was in the new movie Raya and the Last Dragon which is a Disney Plus movie that's in theaters you know what I'm saying so like you know seeing her you know go through it as an independent like solely independent doing everything on her own and everything like that and scoring these big placements shows that it's it's possible and then we got all these other like you know long standing 
artist that's been in the in the game for years, like decades or whatever, that's selling off their, you know, copyrights and their publishing and stuff like that. Like this is reopening the lane for a lot of people to get out there and do different things. So like, I'm optimistic about the business. I feel as though like things are going to turn around and then you know it'll get back to being where you know now it's going to be more so relying on your talent than just you know trying to follow a trend. I feel as though that that time is coming back and hopefully it's coming back sooner rather than later, but it remains to be seen, man. But definitely shout out to the independents out there that are scoring those placements in movies and other, you know, source sources of, you know, entertainment where, you know, their music can be used for that. Yeah. And lastly, just a little quick other bit of advice I would have said if I was still doing my music business segment is get rid of their managers, man. You don't need them. Not now. Yeah. You don't need them. And I say that because like, you know, you to be in 2021 with a manager, you're you're anchoring yourself. You're anchoring yourself. There's nothing that manager can do that you can't do if you just tried harder. Like, you know what I mean? If you took your own shit more seriously, you could do anything that manager. Now, when it comes to agents and when you get to a certain degree, then you need them and you need the lawyers and all of that for the contracts and I get all that. But right now, when you're just coming up, there's no reason why you need a manager, man. Like, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen with live performances going forward. I don't know if they're ever going to, like, you know, let this shit go with the pandemic or whatever where... We, we can fill places back up and, and that kind of I hope it gets back to that because <laughs> there's nothing like live well, performances man to That's me crazy. what I see right now happening is a lot of these artists is gonna have to get comfortable going to smaller markets like in states like Mississippi yeah. and Texas and Arizona places where they're starting to reopen to 100% capacity that's the only way because I don't see it happening no time soon in New York and in Cali and in states like this. But, you know, states that have been opening up and has been, you know, allowing people to get back to 100% capacity for what they're doing. Then, yeah, those are some of the places you might want to start looking into and start booking some shows because pretty soon, like, you'll be able to perform in those places and not having to worry about no restrictions. But at the end of the day, that's when I, what I said on my first podcast, like, you know, just better, you know, just know the risk. But at the same time, it's time to let people get back to work, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, cause there's nothing like a live performance. I want to tell that to artists right now. Like, you know what I mean? When you make your song, be ready when you're making that song, by the time you record that song, make sure that you're ready to perform that in front mm -hmm. of an audience. Have it memorized. Make sure that that thing is the final product. Make sure that you're able to perform that. There's nothing like that. Even if your performance is like an IG performance, like, you know what I mean? I don't know what they're doing now. They performing on yeah. Zoom. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Like, I've seen I some guess, artists doing like, some, like, you know, digital performances lately. <laughs> it, 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 that's that's probably going to be the wave of the future when you you know because people are going to be too scared and then you know with the technology and green screens and you know just video production in general I could see that being a possibility you know what I'm saying putting it behind a paywall and doing some shit like that but at the end of the day you know it's just like you said it still doesn't take it still doesn't you know replace the energy of actually being on the stage and interacting with people but I do see that as a viable option where people are going to start doing more so live performances in their own living rooms and shit like that or have a dedicated space for that 
I'm sorry, man. I, I just I'm never gonna get used to that, man. I'm old school. I'm I, I'm I'm never gonna get used to that. I'm never gonna co-sign that. But I mean, if that's something that artists got to do, and then so be it. But I just want to stress that, like, because even now when I'm dealing with artists again, and I'll say this because I don't care, like, you know what I mean? Funny story before we close out yeah. the podcast. I'm dealing with an artist, right? And this artist, and, and the whole time I'm doing the beat goes in, I'm telling, like, you know, with the music business segment. And at that time, I was working with artists daily. I was in my homie's office, like, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's got a big name in the industry and all of that. We got our own little imprint, like, you know, that we working so i'm dealing with artists on a daily basis uh -huh. at that point <laughs> and i'm always preaching like to artists every day right and i gotta sit down with independent artists they come to me and like this is pre-pandemic like they they come to me and they don't have their copyrights done they don't got their music registered for tracked airplay like they don't even know what broadcast data systems is or media base or they don't know what publishing means and all of that shit and i'm gonna tell you right now i don't care how this pandemic changes shit none of that has changed oh, yeah. you still need to understand ownership right like as you see these artists right now as you were saying with Merck Macchiatis and hip Hypnosis they selling all of their shit off and that is a result of them having bad contracts that's a result of learn from their mistakes the reason why they have to sell off all of this shit that they barely own right now is because the fact that they signed bad contracts and didn't understand ownership then, right? So, like, you know, I had to sit down with artists on a daily basis, constantly preach to them about, like, you know, getting something as simple as copyright. Because, like, you know what I mean? And then, so the pandemic forced me out of that gig for a while. And then now I'm getting back into it. I'm, I'm getting back with talking to artists mm -hmm. and everything. And this one singer comes to me and she's like, you know, um, I'm like, make sure you got the track ready. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm going to be trying to get it in source music somewhere. Because I got, right now, you brought up Disney Plus. I actually got a project manager's contact from nice. Disney Plus. Like, you know, and I got one that I always work with from Showtime. And I'm trying to work on Netflix and Hulu and the rest of it, you know, HBO Max. Right. So I'm getting some more contacts as time goes on. But I got one from Disney Plus recently. And, um, so I'm like, yo, you know, I'm trying to get you over there with Disney Plus, present the track and all of that and make sure it's ready. Because this is a song that, like, you know what I mean? I feel like it could have some placement there. She was like, okay. And then finally I get the song back and I check the Library of Congress because what people fail to understand is you mm -hmm. can do that, right? You just go to, the, you know what I mean? Copyright.gov. Right, go to the Library of Congress and you can check to see if a song is copyrighted and who owns it and everything else. And she didn't do that yet. And I specifically said to do that. Now, the old me would have just then said, this is what you need to do. And I would have said it again and again and again. And then whatever. Then she was like, well, I don't want to do it. Can you do it? Normally, I would have said no. But my frustration, because with artists not being professional is at an all-time high. Like, my stress, my cortisol levels mm -hmm. with dealing with unprofessional, independent artists that fail to realize that they need to own their own shit has just hit an all-time high. So what I did was I said, okay, yeah, I'll mm -hmm. do it for you. And so what I did was I copywrote her song. <laughs> and now I own it. What you mean? Say, got him. <laughs> yeah, got him. Got him. Then what I did, and then also, like, I just said, I took it one step further, and then I, I filed for yeah. publishing with it. 
Like, you know what I mean? So now I own the whole thing. And now she want her song back. She yeah. got to come to me. Goes like, back, you know what I mean? And, and it's, It goes back to what you said before. <laughs> you need to learn the business. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and now I'm like, see, now my point's proven. Because then when she hit me back, she was like, so what's the status on it? I'm like, oh, you mean about your song? She was like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, now I own it. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, so what is that? So what are we doing? I'm like, well, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? But now I, now I have yeah. your song. Like, you know what I mean? So if you want to participate in this, right? Now, if you want to have this song going forward, and now I guess you need to play along with me with whatever I say, because now I own That's your whole shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of them things, man. Yeah, I mean, business. I mean, fuck around and tell that story on my podcast. The real reason why I stopped doing music, like I'm thinking about it, but it's like at the end of the day, like it's not really that big of a situation, you know. Because thankfully, I wasn't dumb enough to sign my name anywhere. But just the way that situation played out was like, you know, I could have been a little bit smarter. And dealing with the situation But I will say to these artists out there You know Fuck them homeboy contracts You know what I mean Do business the right way Because even your own homeboys yeah. Or supposed homeboys Will you know Rip you off If they feel like There's a dollar in it for them They will rip you off And there's been a couple of occasions Where shit like that has happened So you know That's the main reason Why I really stopped Doing music But you know Like Should I get back into doing music Like I want to do it Right you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to make sure I have ownership of everything instead of co-owning things. Like, I just have the lyrics and then this dude has the beats or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I want to be able to own my production straight out. So, so it's, it's a long, yeah, it's the longer the road. road. You know, it's the longer road to it. But at the same time, it's the more necessary road, especially in this day and age where you got people that's looking to rip people off. So, Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying people can't, make mistakes like I made the mistake when I was younger signing a bad label deal but you know when you got I didn't also have somebody telling me what I'm saying either like I didn't have somebody trying to coach me through it and trying to help me through it like you know the mistakes back then that I was making that was all trial and error right I was just I had my feet to the fire I just had to do what mm -hmm. I had to do nowadays there's enough information out there right we have pocket gods called iphones and androids and the googles and all of that we can figure out certain things that a lot of artists back in the day couldn't figure out that had to go through the trial and error to figure out right like you you can get oh, yeah. ahead of the problems like you got to own your shit like you know what i mean and a lot of that goes for platform owners Definitely. too a lot of people don't realize that like you know when you play in music that sometimes that artist don't even own their own music they don't even realize that they got a beat they rented a beat yeah. which is ridiculous from a producer who didn't even clear the sample that they're using in the <laughs> song or something and then later on down the line you stuck in the court with spotify yeah. or whatever like you know what i'm saying so you just gotta watch that shit you gotta like you said owning every aspect of what you do as an artist is yeah, and also right as now. a like, as you, know you said I mean? too as a platform owner owning every aspect of it is good that's why now like you hear my show like I rarely use like you know mainstream beats anymore because of the fact that I want complete ownership like you know I'm 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 been slacking on learning and teaching myself how to make beats and everything but you know that's that's coming you know and it's gonna get to the point where I'm gonna be good at it and I'm not gonna have to worry about you know 
looking for beats and instrumentals and shit like that because everything would be solely my own shit. So that's that's my goal, you know. Yeah, and a little bit of a a little bit of advice to the platform owners that still want to use beats, like you know, but they want to keep their their platform going and they can't learn how to make beats or they can't learn how to make beats fast enough, but they want to keep it going. Use royalty free beats. Shout out the Odyssey mm-hmm. Network for helping me out with that because that's all I do for my podcast, right? And they help me out to to get me into the sync catalogs with the royalty free music. Yeah. And that's another way to go to make sure, you know, and not even Creative Commons. I'm talking straight up royalty free, copyright free. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's another way to go if you want to do that. But I will say the best thing to do is to own, create, and make. But key is exactly. to own your own shit. Like, I mean, like I've seen that. That's, I've seen that before about you know uh, royalty free music. But I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I guess I probably been looking in the wrong places. But a lot of my shit has been corny. <laughs> so it's like yo, like I don't. I'd rather just you know take a risk and use the commercial beat that I you know that I've been using. But it's like no, like at the end of the day, I, I don't want anybody to be able to say, oh, well, you can't play this because you got my beat on there and you didn't get my permission to use it. So at the end of the day, I want to get back to, you know, like my original vision, which was, you know, have my own shit and top to bottom production from beats to everything else that you see. And, you know, and including with the nonstop radio show, I want everything to just be of my own ownership because ownership is important right now, man. It's like a lot of people, I don't know how serious they think it is, but you try not owning what you are putting out there. And then when somebody come knocking on your door and saying that they they want their reparations for the material that you use yeah. that you didn't get allowance from them for, you know, so ownership is key, y'all. Yeah, yeah, and, and and for real, and take it from somebody who is still getting court notices from Spotify. I keep having to show up now I, after the pandemic. Now I wouldn't say it's after the pandemic, but now that it's eased up a little bit, now they want me to get back in the court. And you know what? It wasn't even nothing to do with something that I did. It was just that somebody used my copyright because I was smart enough at some point to own my own shit. Somebody tried to do. Like, you know, the unthinkable and steal my shit and upload it and get money off of my shit. And because of that, now I got to keep going to fucking court with Spotify. So just think about that. I don't even want to go and I got to keep going. And if I don't go, mm-hmm. I can face jail time or fines or whatever. So just imagine, like, you know what I mean? If some of these bots catch you using a sample that you shouldn't be using in your music or if you're a platform yeah. owner like you know what I mean you will end up in court like you know what I'm saying I'm living proof of that shit, shit. I, I still ain't could take away my whole channel one time because I put something on there that they felt was copyright, a copyright infringement so they took away my whole channel I'm like what the fuck like just for one <laughs> you know they took my whole yeah. channel and everything like that yeah. so you know it's like at the end of the day and with the money being lost, with the money being lost in the business right now, man, it, it, like that's where a lot of people yeah. are recouping losses too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, watch that shit. So I think it's a good point to yeah. end on it with like, you know, ownership. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's definitely key. That's something that we, a message that I think should resonate with all the artists and the content creators and everything. Ownership. Shit, maybe we should do a follow up. Um, and, Content collaboration 
you know, speaking on ownership and a little bit more because, you know, this particular interview actually turned out to, you know, go on for a lot longer than what we have originally planned. But, you know, the vibes, yeah. every time we get together and we do content and whatever, like, it always goes on for longer than what we expected. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, shit, it is what it is, man. I want to say thank you to everybody who tunes in to yeah. all of the content collaborations that we do week to week that tune into the nonstop radio show to Kawan J radio to for all matters podcast. And before I get out of here, I want to let people know that, you know, the censorship is getting crazy right now online. I talked about that in the last podcast that we did, but at the end of the day, I lost a couple of my Twitter accounts. Like my main podcast one, they took it away from me. They're really trying to censor me right now. I'm working on it. I'm going to be on other social network platforms that don't mind free speech and that kind of thing. I'm not sure why they took away. I'm filing an appeal, trying to get my Twitter accounts back and all of that kind of shit right now. Who knows if I'll get my For All Matters podcast Twitter account back and all of that kind of shit right now. But I'm going to just let y'all know that censorship shit, man, they really trying to get motherfuckers right now, man. Like, you know, I'm kind of suspect with anybody who's still on YouTube speaking freely and like, you know, still on Mm. Twitter speaking freely, I'm kind of looking at them like, what are you, some type of fucking (laughs) agent or something? Like, how are you still able to do... Because I know I can't, you know what I mean? Like, shit, they on my ass. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so... You know, thank you to everybody who's still following me right now on Divine Thought TM on Twitter. You can catch me there for right now. How much longer? I really don't know. Um, you can also hit me up at For All Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, any feedback, all of that. And before we get where oh, can they find you? You can definitely hit me up on Twitter at the Emilio Wagbar. That's my direct link so for anybody that wants to follow me and interact hit me up just don't be on the weirdo shit you know what I'm saying cause I, I don't I don't pay attention in the weird <laughs> shit but at the Emilio Wagball you can hit me up there or if you want to follow the show you can hit me up on non, at nonstop radio 212 you can hit me there or if you want to send an email to you know just you know talk or whatever or you know give your opinion about the show or whatever the case may be or this particular interview you can hit me up at nsr.fanmail. excuse me nsr.fanmail at gmail.com you know I definitely answer my emails in that area and you can also check out the nonstop radio show on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash nonstop dash radio dash show and you can also check us out like I said every Tuesday night 9pm Eastern Standard Time on Kawan J Radio you can check us out Wednesday night 9pm Eastern Standard Time on Big Shot Radio and you can check us out every Saturday 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on theradio.com T-H-A radio.com word up and as we say He said his piece. I said my piece. For everybody listening live, keep it locked. All right, y'all. Peace.